Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Scary Creepmas, Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. Uh, seasons greetings. Seasons greetings to you as well. Yes, look at us. It's it's the the um, holiest of days. No, I don't know. That's not true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's Christmas, right? Today is yes. Christmas. We are today is Christmas. December on Christmas, the twenty fifth. <laughs> um yeah oh my gosh this is so fun so today is a little bit of a special episode we're just we're gonna lay it on you um joe chose a an actual holiday film to force me to watch um and we're gonna (laughs) talk about that experience it's gonna be fun uh but first i thought we would talk about other holiday stuff um How's it going? You, you you ready? Uh yeah, I mean, you know, I just I uh, we opened our Christmas presents the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh usually we do it on Christmas Eve. Um and that actually stems from a long time like holiday tradition my my family has because growing up we were growing up Catholic, we would go to the midnight mass and then um we would eat a little snack when we got home. And by the time we got the time of the snack and the dishes were all put away and stuff, it was midnight. So we just would open presents just from our family. And then the next day, our Christmas morning, um, we would have like our family, larger family exchange gift. So like Christmas Eve became the thing that my family started to do. Oh, very nice. And now, and then we moved to the mainland, um, their mass wasn't like, or it wasn't at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock like it is on Guam. So it's like at six. So we would make like a special Christmas dinner, uh, Christmas Eve dinner, and then open presents um, shortly after. And the way we justified it is because it was a uh, Christmas day on Guam. Okay. So we would open uh, presents the way um, around the same time as my sister who lives there would. And so we'll be doing that again. We'll be doing that this year, but uh, we'll do that uh, synchronously 
by via Zoom. How fun. Yeah, very cool. Growing up, we sometimes got to open a gift Christmas Eve, uh, but usually it was Christmas Day in the morning. You know, everybody had to wake up naturally. That was kind of the rule. You we weren't allowed to wake each other up. So if anybody was still sleeping, which was kind of bad um, to some extent, because my sister could sleep all fucking day. You know, and she was also, she's a sociopath. Um, so she would also do it on purpose and she would stay in bed knowing it was torturing everybody because she's an asshole and remains so to this day. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so that was kind of the thing. We weren't really allowed to start, but everybody got up naturally. Is somewhere, are somewhere your brothers listening? Are they just like nodding their head in agreement? Like, yes. Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At least Cody. I don't think Jason listens, uh, my brother Jason, but I know Cody listens because he'll text me stuff. <laughs> I, I heard that on the show the other day. <laughs> so, You're right. <laughs> yeah. He was actually looking forward to being on it, but now, you know, he was going to come on and we were going to do it. I know. Because of uh, COVID grounding flights. Um, basically grounding flights not really but uh you know, oh yeah i mean there's no people should not be flying so he's not going to come out um it, with the family so we're hoping by summer so you know he can wait till then we could do a distanced i guess but i don't think it'd be as much fun i think he wants the experience of like sitting here and you know doing the oh whole yeah thing. yeah absolutely i want him in that chair right <laughs> i don't want to i want him in that hot chair the hot seat <laughs> what other Christmas uh, Christmas traditions do you have that you haven't already told me about? <laughs> I, I mean, no others. Uh, growing well, what is it? What's a newer Christmas tradition in your adult life? Um, well, I mean, obviously, since Jeffrey and I have been together, and since Jeffrey is um, is Jewish, uh, you know, we have for the last. Uh, 12 years or so gotten Chinese food on Christmas day. So that's fun. Um, you know, so that's kind of the thing, you know, I always look forward to that. It's, um, you know, it's fun to be with him and we just hang out and eat a t- way too much Chinese food. <laughs> oh, yay. Jewish Christmas. SNL, we were just watching that SNL sketch Christmas time for the Jews or whatever that mm-hmm. song, you know, <laughs> so we were laughing about that because that is kind of what it's like on Christmas day. We go out and, you know, places go to a movie. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Actually totally. And now we can, we can't do any of that. So, you know, obviously this year it's going to be, um, I don't know this year I'm going to do something different on Christmas Eve day. I actually put together a list of movies and television. That's all actual Christmas stuff. (gasps) Oh dear. May I hear this? Um, Yeah, sure. We can get into it. So right now the list I have is for films. So I'm going to do it kind of like I do scary Christmas where I have films running all day and then also episodes of television kind of mixed in. So the movies are going to be Scrooged. Mm-hmm. Um, a diva's Christmas Carol that you sent me. That was hysterical. Yes. Uh, thank you again. You're welcome. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to watch Home Alone two because I just watched the original Home Alone. So I thought, well, I'll watch the sequel on Christmas Eve. Um, I'm going to try to watch that Happiest Season so I can have my own negative opinion of it. <laughs> <laughs> I but you love informed, the girls. I want to have an informed criticism that's true you love the girls though it's all about the girls we'll see see. but i mean my a lot of my girls have also had a lot of negative things to say about it but i still i'm just gonna watch it so you know like well i watched it and i have my own opinion 
Uh, and then I'm also going to watch the original because I haven't seen it in a really long time. Although out of all the Christmas movies, it's probably the one I've seen the most is the original 47 version of um, uh, Miracle on 34th Street. 35th. Okay. 34th, right? Yes. Um, Miracle maybe. on 34th yeah. Street. <laughs> I think is what. <laughs> Anyways, um, I have seen that several times. Uh, but I haven't seen it since I was a kid and um, Matt Kelly over at horror movie night reminded me about that. And I was like, Oh, actually I like that movie. Uh, I also like black and white movies. So that'd be fun. So that's kind of like the movies that I'll watch and I'm going to hang out and uh, you know, actually do like Christmas movies. Isn't that exciting? I don't know what order mm-hmm. I'm going to watch them in yet. I'm just going to feel it out, but that's just mm-hmm. the list. And then I'm also going to watch the Pee Wee's Playhouse holiday special. Cause I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Um, Bandilla Creme and Jinx Monsoon put out their Hulu. It's on Hulu now, uh, like some kind of drag Christmas. It, because of the success of Happiest Season, is that that's how they secured? Oh, um, good for them! The, happiest Season. They are. I have not watched it yet either. So, okay. but they are in Happiest Season. Well, good for them. Either way, I'm happy to see drag queens getting paid. Um, I'm gonna watch. Uh, I wrote Muppets, so I want the Muppets uh, family Christmas. I think is what it is. Um, it's another one Matt shared and was talking about. So uh, I'm going to check that out. I've got some of my favorite uh, Christmas episodes of Roseanne uh, and the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, a very sunny Christmas, uh, which is hilarious, and I love to watch that at the holidays. So that's kind of it right now. I, I mean, there's a good chance I'll also watch the Anna Nicole Smith holiday special. Because <laughs> it's just, it's something. Yeah. Um, it's something to witness. But yeah, so, you know, thank you. Lots of inspiration. A lot of you out there. I posted on Facebook about this, looking for suggestions. And so I've kind of built a list. I've not, I mean, I've never seen Scrooged. I've not seen this Divas thing. Home Alone 2, I haven't seen. Again, like Home Alone, the original, I had not seen that since it was new on VHS in like 91 or something. Um, not seen Happiest Season. I haven't seen Miracle on 34th Street in probably 20 years. Or more, actually. I was probably... God. Look at you. You're going to you school. Like, you know, I was a <laughs> child, but now it's, I was a teenager. So definitely before my teen years, probably 12, 12 or 12 or so, 11 or 12. I haven't seen that. So, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be fun. So that's going to be Christmas Eve. Okay. And, and then Christmas day, Christmas day will be my usual. I'll get up and I'm going to make hot chocolate and do Batman returns. And then, um, I've got, uh, you know, I'm just going to, because we're not having anybody over, I'm just going to kind of watch whatever I feel like throughout the day. Definitely I'll watch Krampus and I'll watch Gremlins because I always like watching those. I'll probably watch A Nightmare Before Christmas again. Um, I think there's some new stuff. Is, is Death Sember out now? Death Sember is out now. Yeah, I want to I wanna watch that. I started, uh, Shudder had a new creep show holiday special which i watched the first segment of uh, or ha- actually half of it i fell asleep because i started it t- too late it was i was enjoying it uh, so they put that out so i'm probably gonna watch that again um yeah so it's gonna be fun you know a couple days so I'll, I'll, i'm gonna do like it's like medicine i'm gonna take my medicine on the 24th and then i'm gonna eat all my candy and chocolate and fun stuff on the 24th. <laughs> you're gonna get the first part of the vaccine right and then you're gonna wait like 21 hours, and then get the second part, yes. and and then go out. And, but I'm actually you know. excited. I think this is a good lineup. I think it's going to be uh, 
fun. Actually, maybe I should sit down and really time it out so I can figure out exactly what I when I when I want to watch what. Uh, but yeah, thank you. It's gonna be fun. I've never actually done like a Christmassy thing, but I figure this year I might as well since I ain't got, you know, nobody's coming over, no family's gonna be here. I told all my friends, mm-hmm. sorry, and we're not because we thought about maybe we would do something in the backyard and be socially distanced mm-hmm. and have a fire, but no, no, we're just not gonna do not right now anything. Yeah, Mm-mm. that's the safest way. Uh, gonna play, you know, my new record. I picked up that it's a ho- it's a holiday soul party by Sharon Jones. And Isn't it the it's the best? It's so good. So great. Um, and you can find the autographed copies all over the internet. So oh, it was then I'm, I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was some kind of uh special thing that she did. I think it was in conjunction with Amazon, but they are available at other shopping outlets. If you would like to support others and not Amazon, which we do encourage you to do. Um, but yeah, it's so good. So I'm definitely going to play that at some point, probably in the morning. When we mm-hmm. when we unwrap our gifties, yeah. yeah, get the eight days of Hanukkah going. Yeah, anything for sure you're going to watch this uh, season? Well, this week has actually been my kind of getting in the mood for Christmas. Um, I've um, kind of avoided everything up until maybe like this week, so um, or the week previous, I should say, because it's it's Christmas day today. Um, so yeah, so I, I finished watching, uh, dash and Lily, uh, per Matt's a recommendation as well. I watched let it snow, um, which I have some feelings about. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so, and then I watched the ones that I usually, um, enjoy doing, which is I, uh, which I try to watch every year, which is, uh, love actually, um, Last Holiday with Queen Latifah right. and LL Cool J. That I got that mixed up with the other one you were talking about. Yes, Last Holiday and then The Holiday, which is a Nancy Myers. Um, you know, everyone has beautiful homes. Uh, <laughs> Christmas rom-com with uh, Jude Law. And oddly enough, it's Jack Black as a romantic lead, which I love. I really love that. Um and then um, I recently watched uh, with Jimmy Kins uh, a Christmas story, which is one of his holiday uh, uh, regular things that he watches, and I'd never seen it before, and uh, that was very interesting. Uh, it was fun. I can see why people love it. I can see why it's a part of people's Christmas. Oh, I want to say it again. What title? Uh, a Christmas Story. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yes. I saw you posting that you were going to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead, so sorry. I watched it and I was like, okay, this is good. Um, I definitely prefer Bob Clark's other uh, famous Christmas work, uh, Black Christmas. But it's amazing that you actually prefer the horror Black Christmas over a Christmas story. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, like, I guess here's the thing. I, if I didn't grow up with it, then I don't think it's going to be a part of me in the way that it's a part of other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Like, you know, the same way that Die Hard and Nightmare Before Christmas are like people's Christmas movies. I don't think that A Christmas Story will be that for me, but it was nice. It was good. It was fun. You know, I can see why people like it so much. Yeah, I I don't get it, but whatever. Hey, good for people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On all the time when I was growing up, and, you know, so I've seen like a lot of scenes from it. I probably have seen the entire movie in pieces over the years, <laughs> but I I don't know. It just always. I don't know. There, again, there's just something about it, the way it looks, the way 
I don't know. Just gives me a weird feeling. So I think what um, I think the reason why I you know this is just me unpacking my life, right? And so I think the reason why I'm never sat down and watched it is because I was very resentful of a Christmas story being on like 24 hours on Christmas day, like on various channels. And it's like, I do not want to watch this old movie. (laughs) I want to watch something else. Um, so that just sat and just watched it and let it start over and over. I know. And I was just like, you know what? I can't, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. So, um, so yeah, so maybe that was just like completely avoidant because it's like turning the channel like, oh God, what are these, this, this old movie on here. <laughs> give me, give me something else. Give me a diva's Christmas Carol. <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching that one. I'm glad that you found it and sent it to me. Oh yes, I'm glad. I'm glad, I'm glad too, because now it'll be a part. I mean, it's, it's very horrifying. It's when VH1 made movies. I just had a oh. horrifying thought. I don't remember where I put it. <laughs> it's it. probably I'll outside it yeah I'll yeah it. jeffrey probably picked it up and stuck it somewhere and so yeah so you know we're um doing that i already watched uh i haven't watched all four of them but i probably will this week um i'll watch all four episodes of the chrismica uh, ep- uh episodes from the oc um i'll watch all of the christmas related uh uh, episodes of friends and um yeah that'll be it i do want to watch gilmore girls right now but uh jimmy kins is making his way through that so um and we we have the same account so i don't want to oh, i, <laughs> I don't want to yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. throw him off but all right yeah so i'm finding other things to watch right now i like it what's your shirt say dear santa i can explain ah Sure. And I can. I have a good reason. Mm-hmm. I bet. Yeah. You're just like you had a, you know, a boyfriend for the whole year. So you don't, you know, you don't have I don't need to explain. <laughs> <laughs> Although if Santa is uh is a Roman Catholic bishop, then I do have a lot of things to explain. Yeah, well, so does he then. So <laughs> that, that's the real tea, okay? For instance, that'll be the pull quote. It was like, so does he. <laughs> you know, it's like, girl, we see you. We know you. We, yeah. we, we recognize our own. So don't mm-hmm. even start. Oh, uh, and we're making a sushi. We made sushi for American uh, style sushi uh, for um, Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah. I remember you. Were we off air? Not talking about off air. Like we're a radio show. Um, this is live right now. Um, did we talk about that on the show, or was that after? I feel like I don't know. Telling me about the sushi. I, I think it was Boy, probably I'm after. I'm, yeah, I'm excited too. I'm going to post the shit out of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to drop some off here at the front door for me. Well, <laughs> thank you. I just put it in here. Um, I, I did, I even like, you know, I sprung for the like Japanese mayo with the little baby on it, the Kewpie, Kewpie mayo, oh, yeah. which is very delicious. So we'll be, you know, doing some spicy tuna with oh, that Emmy made. Is that what it is? Emmy made on Facebook. She does all kinds of cool stuff, but she, uh, was showing that mayonnaise. Anyways, go ahead. Oh, I don't know who that is, but I might have to look that up because I have a whole bunch of this mayo. That's all I need. To, I need other recipes. 
Uh, well, it sounds like the holidays, despite everything, are uh, are going to be okay. We're gonna we're at least we're gonna have some fun, you know, on our own doing, you know, whatever. You live with mm-hmm. your family, so that's nice. You'll get to see your parents, and yeah, I'll, I I will get to see them, and we'll you know we'll they'll probably uh, take me to the cleaners when we play cards later. <laughs> Which, which, which I'm going to demand. Um, But uh, I'm going to demand that we play cards. Um, But you know, we're going to keep it low. (laughs) Keep it low. I miss our pinochle games. We'll get back to those. Yes. (sighs) Alrighty. Well, um, you know, dear listener, it's that time. Holidays. Hope that yours are you know as as good as they can be. Whatever you're celebrating, wherever you're celebrating. Whoever you're able to celebrate with, um, you know, we uh, we hope it's good. And uh, next year, we're all gonna party like crazy. So yeah, don't worry. Just 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 hold off. Be safe. Be strong. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> white knuckle. If you are if you're listening to this on Christmas Day and you are by yourself, um, we are here for you. Yeah, and we are, and uh, we are here, and we see you, and we love you. Absolutely. Oh, you're so sweet, Joe. Alrighty, well, we'll be right back to talk about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and We horror. can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joshua. (laughs) It's a reverse. It's a reverse. It's a reverse. It's a reverse. All right, take Um, it away. Welcome to Yule School. <laughs> nice. Okay. I, I mean, I that's it. the best that I got, but um there is no so, Christmas, only Yule. <laughs> yes, no Christmas, only Yule. Um so we decided to uh flip the script a little bit and um you know, we the premise of the show, right, is that like it's the movies that we watch that are trying to horrify that have you know horrified me, and so in honor of um, in honor of uh, uh, the holiday season, um, I decided to give Joshua um, a little bit of coal, and uh, I'm going to do something that might horrify him, and so we're going to be talking about. Uh, 1964's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, claymation extravaganza that it was um, today because Joshua had never seen it and I grew up with it. So, you know, this is my nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> this is my... Um, this also might have been your nightmare on Elm Street. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, and- I, no, I, def- I can't say that I've n- I've never sat and watched the whole thing. Okay, that's- clips of it, and it's always unnerved me. Like so, yeah. 
So I did find um, I did find a lovely uh, version of it in high definition that which was pulled. So I had to go and find another one. But I did find it on YouTube. It was still free. I didn't pay for it. Don't worry. Don't panic. I was gonna say I'm like I didn't want to buy anything, but I'm not sure which version because I you know there was a lot there was a lot of different versions of this I guess different cuts and edits but whatever it was that's what I watched and we'll discuss it and we'll find out if you mentioned something that I'm like well that wasn't in what I saw. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Um, And so as we do uh, every time here on Yule School, um, we're gonna get uh, Joshua's thoughts. So uh, Joshua, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just is this as bad as inside Joshua? <laughs> no, I mean I'm sure no. I, I'm sure that the feelings that I had watching this are not the same as the feelings that you had watching inside. Um, but it it's still it's the same. Like yeah, I just don't. I just find them very disturbing in a weird way. It's like a sensory thing, and the and the only way I can explain it is, you know, it's um. If people have seen that like pink installation, that like fiberglass installation material, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you ever touched it? No, I was okay. well. I was I was a kid who uh, who if you told me not to touch something, I didn't touch it. Well, we uh, were around it all the time because my brothers and sisters' dad and like family were always into contracting and building stuff, and their mm-hmm. houses were always in different states of you know of additions or subtractions or whatever. And, you know, so I was around it a lot and I remember touching it once and it gave me such this weird feeling in like my spine and in my teeth, Ooh. Like weird tingling feeling that it's, it's, it's so hard to explain, but something about the way it smells and feels, it like gives me this, this particular sensation. And it's the same thing I get when I look at these stop motion movies, like something about mm-hmm. the way like the fur moves and the way, you know, when they're kind of walking around the color of it, the, the particulars of Christmas in the sixties, there's just something about the color scheme. Um, I, I just, I cannot put my finger on it, but it's very, it makes me super uncomfortable in my skin. And that's the only thing I can think to compare it to is like when you touch fiberglass installation, which maybe not everybody has done that and will have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, you know, and I haven't done that since again, since I was a kid, but I, for some reason I relate them in my brain and I've explained that this, it, this way, you know, over the years to people that that's what it, to me, looking at these movies, they just make me really uncomfortable. Mm, okay. And so in watching this, it was kind of like that, um, you know, whatever. I mean, it's cute. I get why people like it. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I guess, you know, if we're going to talk about it, we'll just, we'll just talk about it. So, okay. Fair. Uh, that is fair. And, um, I hope that, uh, this feeling that you're feeling, um, uh, empathizes, (laughs) puts you, gives you that sense of radical empathy for me. (laughs) I'm of course being tongue in cheek, of course. (laughs) Um, but uh, so you know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer um 1964 it's a stop motion animated television special which premiered on NBC on December 6 um uh, back in 64 wow and a very long time ago and i would give you the you know this is where Joshua would give you the history of the film i'm going to give you my personal history of the film so we had the VHS growing up and this was something that i always watched as a kid up until maybe middle school times. 
um, every Christmas, at least once or twice. Um, and I just loved it. Cause I also loved, um, watching old episodes of Gumby. So like stop motion was just my jam. And, um, I thought it would just look so cool and was so great. And I was like, okay, cool. This is really, really great. Um, I can relate to, um, <laughs> for some reason, Rudolph's voice, um, is very <laughs> familiar to me in a way that, um, I can't entirely explain, um, and the plight of Kirby is also very uh, relatable to me in a way that I cannot explain. He just wants to be a dentist. Um, Hermy. Oh, Hermy. I'm sorry, Hermy. <laughs> Thank you. I did watch I this get the before facts we started right on the movie you picked. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and Herbie so would have been probably a better name. Actually. Well, that's the thing. I just, in um, in my mind, I'm just like I'm. I'm like I always think it's Kirby, and then everyone I, I constantly get uh, corrected that it's Hermy. So. But anyway, um, it's it's just brings me so much like fun, happy memories. And I'm also in full disclosure, I have not watched uh, the Rudolph Christmas special um, all the way through uh, for maybe like five or six years. Oh, okay, um, just because I've been you know slowly introducing a diet of horror into my life right. <laughs> that um, you know. Uh, when I was a child, I thought as a child, now I have to put away childish things <laughs> as to, to loosely quote scripture. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so again, like, you know, the, you got Rudolph, who is the son of, uh, Donner, the lead reindeer, um, who's just this big asshole. <laughs> it basically says you got to hide yourself, um, by apparently making some, you know, prosthetic out of dirt, um, well, I mean, we know it's clay, but like, you know, just like, right, you know, spits on the ground and, yeah, 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 yeah. and all that stuff. And, you know, they taking the, you know, again, this is taking the literal meaning of the song, you know, they played all the reindeer games and you can't have Rudolph, you know, be doing that. And, and apparently also, I mean, like Rudolph, just like many young boys, when he gets uh, excited, his shows, um, <laughs> because of his bright, shiny nose. Um, Joshua, more thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I did do some research cause you know, Rudolph is another thing much like Santa Claus that, you know, that we know, like you know, the, the modern day Coca-Cola Santa Claus, um, you know, Rudolph started the same way by, um, this guy, Robert Louis May wrote it, uh, you know, it was a, I guess a free booklet or something that the department store Montgomery ward handed out. And then, you know, over the years they got, you know, obviously more popular, they made a hardbound book and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's so Rudolph is, you know, commercialized, you know, beyond this, obviously lot, lots and lots of ways that Rudolph is out there. I mean, I read that it was kind of sad that, you know, the guy, uh, Mays, like his wife was dying while he was working on this. He was in debt. He was unhappy in his job. And like, you know, this changed his whole life and blah, blah, blah. You know, wonderful story. But um, watching this, I don't know. I just, so many strange <laughs> things stood out. Like my first note is that this snowman kind of looks like Michael Myers with the mustache. <laughs> You know, he's got like that white face and black eyes. It's, it's kind of creepy. Um, so then I was like, maybe I'm going to look at it this way and then I'll like the movie better. Um, 
that he's just this formless shape that's coming to terrorize people. Um, listener out there, if you're if you if you have it in you, uh, please make us a stop motion uh, Michael Myers Burl Ives as the snowman narrator. <laughs> Um, I'm thing sure and missed. I'm sure I'm not the first person that's made that. Like, God, he's kind of creepy looking with his black eyes. Um, I like Mrs. Claus. Look at her eat. You know, she's clearly a chaser. Mm. <laughs> she's like wanting him to be. You know, she's well. Man. She's not a chaser. She's a feeder. Right. She's a okay. feeder because you know the chasers they don't want to put the work in, but feeders that's like a. That's like a commitment. That's, yeah. you know, dedication. I like Yeah. That. And I mean, let's be honest, right? Like it's it, Santa, like obviously there's some binging and purging there because there's no how can you have like, you know, a skinny Santa? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that was a an odd little storyline. Um I like Clarice the doe. That's wonderful. Clarice, we got that. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. I know who does her eyelashes. <laughs> I know, right? She's like done up. Um, yeah, I I found Santa to be a real dick bag again, <laughs> uh, much like Scrooge. Uh, <laughs> he's just a jerk. Like all the adults in this movie, they're so mean. Everybody's mean. It's just I don't know. I felt very like re-traumatized. I'm like, what is the moral of this story? Like, you know, watching it. You know, and I get that it's like has this critique in the new age. And, you know, I even found like this um, article written by this 14 year old boy with autism talking about like how terrible (laughs) this is and that it sends the wrong message. And I kind of agree. Like I was just sitting there watching it like this is really a terrible message, you know, like you know, the adults, it just, I don't know. I just felt very traumatic because when I was growing up as a queer kid, um, I had a lot of adults say really horrible things to me, you know, and mm-hmm. that was perfectly acceptable, perfectly normal to the other adults in the room. Like nobody was like, Hey, don't talk to my kid that way. Nobody protected me. You know, nobody tried to protect me. And so I just kind of was watching this. I'm like, well, this is traumatizing in that way. Like it just reminded me of that, and especially when it wasn't just the kids, like even his own father. And then Santa Claus is like, oh, you should, you know, and the other guy, you should be embarrassed and ashamed and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh God, this is, it is a very queer story in that regard. He runs yeah. away. Yeah. Um, I, you know, anybody who's like different, like again, you know, people on the spectrum that read it this way, or, you know, people that have other types of, you know, you know differences than you know what we've decided culturally is normal um you know could can read into to that and the ways that I, I think the same the ways that the world is not set up for you and the ways that um your parents get it wrong and other adults get it wrong and uh you know and 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 how people just don't have any problem like telling you something that you already know about yourself you know mm-hmm. um and then demonizing it or you know what i mean it's just like I don't know. It just felt really terrible. And then again, at the end, it's like, he's the one who saves everybody, which I get like, you know, I think in the sixties, the people who wrote this originally and all of that probably, you know, 
I'm guessing able-bodied white people, you know, went like, but that's what makes him great. Like, you know, in the end, his difference is the thing that makes him better than everybody. And it's like, no, they're just exploiting it. I was like, they just exploited it. <laughs> they exploited it. Their, you know, his difference was a hindrance until it was something that could be exploited. Like, that's the story yeah. of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, is yeah. that... Which again, you'll... it's not a new reading by any means. It's not yeah. Like, no. But watching it, I, you know, I was just like, God, yeah, I don't know if I would show this to a child i just i don't know it just made me feel very uncomfortable in a lot of ways yeah. just reminded me of a lot of shitty things and <laughs> well i mean like so you know let's let's we can take that a step further it's just like just because something is a classic that you you know that has like you have feelings for because you know uh, you you have feelings ab- about because you ha- you experienced it when you were a kid i mean doesn't mean that they necessarily hold up you know i mean there's plenty of there's plenty of old movies that I've watched. I'm just like, this is not holding up. Like this doesn't hold up in, into something that like, it's a classic for a reason. But again, you know, when we talk about who the arbiters of culture are, you know, arbiters of culture are like cisgendered white folks. So, um, for the most part have for the most part in, in most of like, you know, American and certainly Western, um, well, again, I mean, we're talking Western society period, you know? Yeah. And so with this, it's just like, you know, yeah, like he, he's like made fun of, he's, you know, put away, he runs away. Uh, Same thing with Hermie, like Hermie has to go, um, you know, runs off uh, to be uh, a dentist, uh, which I, you know, could not relate to as a kid. But again, he they find ways to like, you know, oh, this is, you know, we actually need to celebrate differences. I just think it's interesting to have like a Christmas movie uh, where Santa is kind of an asshole. Like Santa is like definitely a villain, <laughs> like most more than half of the film. And he's so mean to the elves. They sing that lovely song for him and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> work or whatever he said. He's just eating, just keeps eating and eating and eating. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just like, you know, they can't, the, 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 you, you, I actually found it really interesting as a kid. I was like, wow, Santa's really mean. <laughs> Santa's really mean to these people. Um, not only has he, like, you know, managed to enslave them and they all have Stockholm Syndrome, but, you know, he um, is treating, you know, everything like this. And, and so so there's there's all of that wrapped up into it. And, and that's definitely something that I picked up when I was a kid. Um I think by far my favorite character of the whole thing. Um, I think Hermie would be like my second, but my favorite character is Yukon Cornelius um, because he just does what he wants. Like it's his, <laughs> he's just like, I'm out here. I'm going to find the abominable snowman, the bumble um, yeah. as it were. And um, I think he was my favorite character. Cause he was just so like, he was what I wanted Santa to be like this very gregarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, Christmas present type character helping everybody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just think, you know, again, it just kind of reminded me of being in those situations. Like, um, you know, because like growing up, like, yeah, I mean, I was definitely very different at, from the rest of my family in a lot of ways. And, you know, uh, and then on top of that being queer. So I, I think like stories like this, I would have, I would have avoided it anyways, you know, like watching it with them because it would have um, amplified me, 
You know what I mean? Like to be in the room if we had sat and watched this as kids and like, oh, like that's like Joshua. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like it just the you know it's like I'm kind of glad I you know avoided it because it w- it would have put me in situations for people to comment or you know and that's just kind of what I was thinking about while rewatching it. <laughs> And again, because I already had avoided it, like as a kid, I just thought it was mm-hmm. weird to look at. It just made me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, you know, but watching it now, I'm like, oh man, if I had, if we had gathered around and watched this, like as kids, it would have been one of those things that it would have been a talking point that mm-hmm. would have brought up questions and things that I wasn't interested in talking about at the time, you mm-hmm. know, so, you know, it would be open to ridicule. So, which would have been okay too. I mean, that would have been acceptable, mm-hmm. you know. And I just think that that's probably, you know, I don't know. It just, you know, yeah. The story doesn't resonate with me in that same way of like, you know, it's kind of, like, you know what I mean? Like most of us queer people have been in that situation where like, you know, there are certain types of straight people who like you for the wrong reasons, you know. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't you know, you're not like human in a way, you know. Um, so it's like, it, it, am I making sense? Like, I'm just trying to say like, the, just, I don't know. It just, yeah. I feel very traumatized now by this. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my, that was definitely, I'm, I'm totally teasing it, but it is not it, my intention. <laughs> it definitely brought up a lot of things, you know what I mean? That it's like, man, I'm, I'm really glad I'm no longer a kid. I'm no longer, you know, in that, in the situations I was, the things that I've blocked out, like rewatching this, I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. This is, I remember being like Rudolph, you know, and having that openly hostile from all sides, you know, and that it's all in the form of being helpful, you know, like Mm -hmm. trying to help you, you know, we're just trying to make you better and make you normal. So, and in the end, I mean, it is true that all of those things are what make me wonderful. All of my strangeness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You save the day constantly. Um, again, this is the importance of, uh, I think it highlights the importance of, you know, when we get to a point where we're able to just kind of, you know, remaking the holidays in our own image. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah and I, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I, I don't know, I, I get like, I, I, <laughs> I think the where I get kind of ch- where I kind of check out in the film is, you know, the Island of Misfit Toys and like Aslan. Uh, right. The, oh, that's so true. That is what he reminded me of. What was it? King something? Uh, King Moonracer. King Moonracer. But it's like, it's so strange because it's like, it's like Aslan, but it's also Scar from Lion King. Right. Because <laughs> he's got the black mane. And so like, you know, this it, and then. But like again, like I always it's feel very Lion King actually too. The story it, is the story is very Lion King. Yeah, um, yeah, the story is very Lion King. Um, without the death comes a man. Yeah, and it's so so is Rudolph the story of Hamlet? Then like is, uh, I mean, everyone dies at the end of Hamlet, so I mean, it doesn't right. <laughs> doesn't end well. But but yeah, I mean, like I've always I've also kind of always i think in my adult life the lessons that i've taken from it again as as we grow and we learn we take what we we take what is useful we leave the rest behind you know that idea of the misfit toys like the island of misfit toys and um finding your tribe finding your people finding um your community as it were which you know is a very queer thing um yeah absolutely it's something that we're we at least you and i definitely identify with yeah totally 
And I was just like, he should have stayed. I mean, if he, I know why he felt like he needed to leave, but like, if he had just stayed, he'd been fine. (laughs) Why, why, uh, why go back to the people who rejected him? So. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't think necessarily this is meant to be a lesson for people who are different. You know, I feel like it's a lesson for people who don't, I mean, all, everybody's different and all of that and special snowflake, but some of us do definitely conform a little more to expectations for a lot of reasons, whatever they are, you know, or you fall in line or, or you just are or whatever. I don't know. But you know, it's more of a lesson, like, I guess for those people, like, you know, you never know who you're making fun of what, you know, how important they might be one day to you, you know? So I guess in that way, you know, if you want to like read it that way, but I think if you're watching it with, you're watching this as somebody who's different. I, yeah, I definitely just see that exploitation or just, um, you know, that like, Oh, let's go shopping. You know, you're gay or, or let's, um, you know, whatever. I don't know all the ways that like difference gets exploited when it's mm-hmm. beneficial and then to be dismissive, you know, of, of the real personhood that sometimes happens. And that happens in a lot of ways. And we've talked about that, like, you know, with women and queer men, you know, there's a relationship there. That's uh, that both ways I think can be um, exploitive, ex- mm-hmm. exploitative and dehumanizing. And yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Both to, to both, you know, culturally um or socially so yeah again i mean i think yeah kids watching this you know if they don't feel like they're the misfit then maybe they're getting a message about not you know being assholes <laughs> but santa Which claus it, is a dick bag and hey he's santa claus so yeah maybe, <laughs> yeah and he okay. he just eats all day and you know so so i guess this this brings up a question that um is really I, I'm curious to know your thoughts, and this is just a general question about uh, tropes in film. Is what do we think about like the mass appeal of movies that are about an underdog? Um, especially because like you know the whole point of like being an underdog is that you know there isn't that many of you, right. or or not so much underdog as someone who has like a very specific difference. Because like what we have here is. Um, it's a story of like people making fun of someone for like, you know, a physical disability right. or a physical or um, a they physical trait. A exactly. exactly. Yeah. They, they view it as a hindrance. Like, mm-hmm. and so, and so it's interesting cause it's like, okay, well again, like um, as you're talking about this, it's like, well, what, I mean, like I grew up as a, I grew up as a fat kid. So it's like, I related to this on a very specific level because it's like, I knew that, you know, I wasn't good at playing games with other boys and, um, at least and the kind of games they were. I know like not those kinds of games, um, <laughs> you know, the mind games, dear, the mind games where it's at. Uh, and so, um, and so it's like, I, I related to this and I think that, um, I mean, the trope itself is that, you know, you, as many people as possible will always find a way to relate to the person who is the underdog quote unquote. But like, what do we think about this message where it's like, well, most of the people like be honest are going to be the people who are like telling Rudolph that they can't play with him. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that people like stories that make them feel good, obviously. And that is the draw of like an underdog type tale. You know, we, we like it when people succeed. 
Um, especially if they succeed and become famous and rich because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily the ways that people overcome stuff every day. Um, you know, and the amount of energy it takes to overcome a lot of the horrible things in our society, you know, stuff that's, you know, not even maliciously horrible. It's just a, you know, a truth of navigating the world we have. We've talked about that before with the, you know, the ableism built in infrastructurally to the world, um, that makes it hard to navigate for certain, um, people. Um, not to mention, you know, the oppressive systemic <laughs> racism and sexism and homophobia and misogyny and all the other, mm-hmm. uh, all of those things that make the world hard to navigate, you know? So it's like, yeah, we, you know, we want to go to that movie and, you know, see that team that should lose win because it like, it feels good. And you're right. There are, there, there are lots of things to identify in those types of stories, you know, cause people sit and they think about the times that they almost lost something or that, you know, ways that they're an underdog. So I, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not necessarily against like the underdog trope, but again, it really does depend on who, who's writing the story, who's telling the story, what exactly is is being said. Um, mm-hmm. and I do think most most of those sorts of things come probably from an able-bodied perspective, writing about what they think. You know that th- this is being talked about with the, the hillbilly elegy mm-hmm. that's out now, um, and a lot of people. I have not watched it yet. Um, I'd like to watch it, but, uh, you know, I've seen some articles about it. Uh, if you want to read the book, I have it. If you want to yeah, read it, which I've heard a lot, the same, the same, the same critiques of the book are, are kind of have followed into the movie yeah. and that it's obviously made by a lot of rich people about what they think poor people are like. Um, and so I've read some really great, uh, articles written by people from Appalachia or from, you know, this sort of like, no poor people, like, this is obviously this like, you know, again, this interpretation by people who've never actually been extremely, you know, impoverished. (laughs) For instance, I guess there's like a scene, like in every movie where somebody's poor, their credit card gets declined or their debit card gets declined. That's how, you know, they're, you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a trope, but the truth is poor people count every cent, you know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, I definitely, you know, having grown up, extremely poor like money has taken up a huge space of my of thought you know of like knowing exactly what's always in the bank knowing exactly how much money i have knowing exact all at all times so that doesn't happen so you're not in that situation where it gets declined and then you're embarrassed and then you know all those other things um again not that people's credit cards don't get declined and people you know blah blah but just the idea that that is like poor people are just irresponsible you know, with yeah. money. and they don't even know how much they have. They're so stupid, you know? <laughs> so it's like that, that kind of gets pointed out. Um, so again, but everybody's rallying around this movie and talking about how much they love it. And, you know, cause it's like about a poor kid who, you know, pulls himself up by his bootstraps. So American and blah, blah, blah. Again, I have not seen it. So mm-hmm. I can't really say, but it is definitely feels like one of those underdog tales about es- escaping poverty. But the, the guy is like, you know, a dickhead. <laughs> There's like other things that people just don't, you know, like about him. Um, the, the author and then the, the uh, character in, in the film. Uh, but anyways, I get my point is, is that who is telling the story? Mm-hmm. So people making this film and talking about what it's like to be poor, maybe really have no fucking clue and should just shut up, you know, kind of the same thing where it's like, Oh, do you know that 90% of poor people have a refrigerator? How awful, you know, it's like that, that thought mm-hmm. uh, process 
that that happens with like the extremely elite or that that um six hundred dollars sounds like it should be a lot of money to poor people <laughs> you know, talking mm-hmm. about a stimulus bill or or things like that so again that's who's navigating that story I, we're uh, maybe farther off than what you were trying to say <laughs> but that's what we do that's what we do here but no i mean again yeah, i i definitely appreciate an underdog story but again it really does depend on who who's yeah. writing the story and who's telling the story we we're talking exactly about the queen's gambit which i really enjoyed um and I was reading this really cool article from this woman. It's like accidentally autistic. So the, the, the author's um, autistic on the spectrum. And so she was talking about um, how she felt the Queen's Gambit was really a story of autism, even if they didn't mean it to be, but that she saw herself in it. And I thought, oh man, that's so interesting. You know, and again, it just made me think about like how people write stories and, you know, what they are trying to say and who's in control of that narrative. And that again is an underdog story. It, you know, in a sense of this young girl beating all the odds to become this incredible chess champion and being lauded all over the world when she was, you know, come from an orphanage. And we loved stories <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, like, and again, like the, the, the thing we have to remember with stories like that is that, you know, this is, it's always the exception, not the rule, right? Like they're not, we're not like, you know, trolling through orphanages now looking for the next great champ chess champion. Right. We're, or, you know, you know, again, like this is, if we want to take the uh, story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer too, it's like, you know, uh, to its uh, uh, eventual like uh, postmodern capitalist end, uh, <laughs> like we would have made sure that like you know he bred an entire race of super reindeer right. uh, with red noses, <laughs> with red noses, yeah, red antlers, red everything. Make it all, the whole thing glows by the end, you know. Exactly, and then you know Monsanto will like dip, <laughs> have something to do with it. So, yeah, absolutely. It, so yeah, so I mean, I think the moral of this story, of uh, this episode of uh, Fright School, Yule School, whatever, um, is that, you know, the to be really, um, you know, it's still good to be critical about who tells the story, who is in charge of the narrative, who, um, and also to have, you know, not be afraid to have your own opinions, dear listener, about it. Yeah, Um, and I mean, you know, people like this film, that's great, you know, I mean, again, nothing against them, show it to your kids, whatever, I would just, you know, I think that there there could be some contextualizing here, you know, and again, the other point I wanted to make about underdog stories and their feel-goodness is, like, sometimes I do think they play that role of, like, you know, furthering that myth that anybody can make it and anybody can do whatever they want to do, which is just factually not true, you know? Mm -hmm. We do have, we have enough resources. We have enough, we have enough for everybody to live good lives from birth till death. We have it. We have the ability. We have that. And we've created all of these false ideas, you know, that prevent that from happening. And and we kind of all have to live with that knowledge, I think, to some extent. And I think these sorts of films, you know, they make people feel good. And, oh, you know, I don't have to feel bad for this person or that person, because if they just tried hard enough, or if they just did this or that, you know, their lives would be good, too. So I don't know, I just feel like it pushes that sort of thought a little. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know, again, thank you 
for um, forcing me to watch this because it did allow me to kind of <laughs> confront a few little you know things and just say, okay, I sat down, I watched the whole thing. I've definitely been right this whole time. It freaks me out still. Um, I, I did find parts of it triggering uh, in that, in the sense of just you know reminding me of stuff that I'm really glad I'm no longer part of, and I'm really glad that as an adult I have distanced myself from those people that made me feel that way. And they also know, like I've also let them know that mm-hmm. they had this damaging effect of, on me as a kid. And so that feels good. And I encourage others to do that. You know, it feels really good to tell your asshole uncle that he's an asshole and this yeah. is why, and that's okay. And then, so what you're saying is Rudolph should have like come back and then said no, and then left and just ruined <laughs> And yeah. watched it all burn. Um, I mean, because that, that would have been me. I'd have been like, "Fuck you and your sled. Good luck." And watch them all <laughs> crash down in the fog. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm gonna go back to the island of misfit toys. <laughs> yeah. No. And again, but that's also the thing of like, you know, that that's also the weird message of like, you know, oh, now that I see, now that they see value in me, you know, I should help them and I should forgive all of this stuff that traumatized me and forced me to live in the middle of nowhere for mm-hmm. years. And, mm-hmm. well, and, and again, to be fair, right? Like the Donners, which the fact that we're referring to them as the Donners, the Donners, Clarice, they were looking for them for like three years. We're looking for Rudolph for like three years. Well, no, um, they said they'd only left a few months ago. So, so it was only <laughs> for a few years and then they thought maybe we should go find him. Maybe we should go find him. Um, he's, he's definitely not coming back. Um, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a, a, a jerk who holds a grudge, but I would have been like, uh, yeah, fuck off Santa. Find a flashlight. Have a good day. You were all assholes. And, uh, I it's like, tried to be nice and I tried to be, you know, conform to your standards, but I'm better than that. So fuck off going back mm-hmm. to the misfit toys. I agree with you. You should go back there. Yeah. Hang out with them. They seemed way cooler to me. I mean, yes. Uh, I, I have a context for some of those things. Cause I've seen that elephant with the spots and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that's from, you know, so but there are certain things that I'm like, Oh, that's what this is from. How cool. Um, I've, I've always wanted to have like, cause you know how you do your theme tree right? You do your theme tree. I always wanted to do a theme tree, but like it's all the toys from the Island of Misfit Toys. You should. And then like the star on top is, uh, uh, I always call him Aslan, just like the, <laughs> like the, the king of the misfits, the winged, uh, lion. The, the winged scar just right there. Cause it's just, again, and then, um, and then at the end they all like, again, but you know, again, this is not, uh, this is not a good example because in the end they also all get distributed as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Again, I mean, it was cute. There were some, you know, songs that were lovely. Um, you know, favorite song. Um, well, I like Burl Ives' voice. What is it? The Holly Jolly Christmas? Oh, yes. Holly Jolly Christmas. Yeah, I like that. So that, but that obviously I've heard that before. Um, and I actually really do also like the song Silver and Gold. Yes. In general. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy that. So, you know, that was lovely. Um, yeah. I'm also all about silver and gold. Yeah, not gonna watch. Not. Um, I, I, if Eve listens, she'll she'll know. Uh, so, Eve and I, we have an inside joke where you know if we're gonna put something off, we'll just say, "There's always tomorrow for dreams." It's a procrastination song, is what it is. Yeah. Um, 
I dig it. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, dear, dear listener, we do take the reins back, Joshua. <laughs> Um, yeah, skip this one and, uh, watch something scary instead. Uh, you know, where's that? Is there, we should find, is there like a, there should be like reindeer, you know, revenge of Rudolph. There should be some sort of horror film like that. I'm sure there is. I'll have to look. Um, but like rabid reindeer, unle- you know, get, uh, get unleashed in a town, in a tiny Arctic town, you know, where there's <laughs> it's, like, it's like a foreign film. <laughs> 30 days of night, but instead it's, it's raven it's rabid. It's rain- reindeer. Um, I would prefer a like I would prefer a, uh, an, an anthropomorphized version where it's the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but it's people, you know, ah. like the the main kid, you know, has like a deformity on his face, and then he comes and he just fucks everyone up when he yeah at the end. Yeah, there's definitely movies like that, so I'm sure we can figure that. Uh, we can figure out how to adapt that to the holidays. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, we hope that you do have a very happy holiday, whatever you celebrate, wherever you are. Um, you know, hug those closest to you. No, don't do that. I'm kidding. Well, if they're in the same household. Oh, well, I guess that's true. That's I mean, within reason. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, be happy for each other. Um, you know, and again, if you're alone today on the holiday, uh, we do. We do love you. And thank you for listening to our voices. And mm-hmm. uh, you can go back and listen to our other Scary Christmas episodes. You have a whole day. Of scary yeah. Christmas to celebrate. Um, are we going to do our tradition? <laughs> We're going to we sing. Have a tradition? Yeah, we sing. Uh, we sing at the end. Are you ready? Oh, no. Uh, well, I mean, I can, I'll sing, loud. I mean, again, the greatest, the easiest way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loudly for all to hear. So here we go. We wish you a scary Christmas. We wish you a scary Christmas. We wish you a scary Christmas. And a year full of fear. Full of it. Chock full of fear. Thank you. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network. 